Hello and welcome to PackRip Media Presents NFT. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy. In a space that's as new as the NFT space is, I think that, you know, it's really, really important to do as much learning as possible. And that's why I'm really excited to bring you this episode with my uh, very special guest, Corporate Trash. Corporate Trash did a really great survey of the NFT community. She got quite a bit of people to respond. And I think there's some really interesting things to both confirm and reject based off of this survey in particular. And, you know, the idea of learning was obviously one of the main drivers for me starting NFT in the first place. So I feel like this episode is right in that sweet spot, fits really well with what um, I envisioned NFT to do. So I'm going to jump into this episode with Corporate Trash. We're going to share some of the survey results and uh, get into it. So here we go. I have been really excited for this conversation for quite some time. I heard my guest for the first time on a ladies' night stream with the pseudos and Top Shot Swicky and NFT newbie. Uh, I am joined by Corporate Trash. How are you tonight? Hey, Jeremy. I'm doing great. How are you? Um, I'm super excited to talk with you. Um, I'm a fan. And like I said, I first heard you on ladies' night stream and then started following your account on Twitter. And I just want to always ask you the same question that I ask everyone when we first come on, which is like, how did you get into this weird space in the first place? Yeah, so I got into it the way a lot of others got into it, um, NBA Top Shot. So in January, you know, of this year, the pandemic was still raging. I was pretty bored looking for new stuff to get into. Uh, And so I just went online and saw a tweet about NBA Top Shot, and I bought a couple of moments and from there, I was, you know, deep in the Top Shot world, like learning how to join discords and to talk about it more. And from there, I just kind of uh, spiraled out into other NFTs, um, just like a lot of other people did. Uh, once Top Shot um, kind of went down a little bit, people were looking for other opportunities in NFTs. And uh, now Top Shot is, you know, back with a vengeance and better than ever almost. Um, so I'm excited for, for that as well. Wow. Well, I'd love to sort of ascertain for you, like, what is your interest in the space, like, in its whole? And the reason I ask is, you know, some people are in it to make money. Some people are in it to collect. Some people are in it to do both, make money and collect. Some people are in it to make friends and build community. So, like, if you had to sort of, like, maybe whittle down to a couple reasons why, you know, you sort of fell in love with the space in general, what would you name them to be? I've always liked uh, people and communities that are just a little like weird. That's why I live in Los Angeles. That's why I love Los Angeles more than anybody because everyone here is just weird. Um, (laughs) And uh, that's what I like about it. Um, Everyone's just sort of doing their own thing. And, uh, you know, no no matter what anyone tells them, their interests like are their interests and they're just going for it. And that's the type of energy I like to be around. And so I'm not like a gamer or really anything like that. Um, I don't even really love the NBA that much, but something about the NFT community just kind of speaks to me. Um, And it's pretty exciting to see that things just change day by day. So my favorite thing about it is you go into every single day and it's just full of opportunities. Some you don't even know what they're going to be that hour, that day. Uh, And so I like to kind of uh, learn from my community what's coming up and what I can get involved in. 
a lot of it for me is, um, you know, I started wanting to get more diverse with some of my investments in my life. Uh, besides the 401k, you know, standard thing. I think the pandemic uh, got, gave all of us a chance to sort of look at what we're doing with our lives and take a pause and be like, is this what I want to do? And, you know, how do I kind of get to where I want to be? And so NFT collecting a lot for me is, uh, besides the community, it's definitely that, you know, the profit opportunity, of course, but also just um, learning more about uh, artists and the type of art that's out there to make. And it all goes back to that sense of possibility. And it's been really cool to learn and hear from artists in the space around how hard they work to get their art noticed. And I've loved um, learning about them as well. Let's get into sort of your passion project, which you've done this really awesome survey. I'm looking at the July to August 21 results right now. Um, before we jump into the results, can you talk about where the idea for this came from or where the sort of passion that you, you know, where did the passion for this sort of analytical research come from um, and what made you embedded into the NFT space? Well, I'm definitely a really curious person. Uh, I always like to learn more every single day. And that's also why I love this space. But when I started looking at who we are as a community, I didn't really see a lot of um, information out there with user behavior or demographics or anything like that. I mean, we could kind of guess who we are, but I wanted to sort of take a stab at uh, a survey to the community and figure out that a little bit more. Um, so that's kind of how I got involved with it. Uh, my background, you know, I, I have like an MBA. I've been in operations for years. So I'm kind of like, a, I guess you could say I'm corporate trash as well. So that kind of helped with, um, you know, some of this stuff, uh, some of the data. Um, and it was just, yeah, a first, a first swing at getting to know who we are as a community. Okay. So the survey, um, and I completed the survey. We were talking before we got started. I could see my one little United Arab Emirates vote um, yes. on the demographics. Um, what were some of the highlights or most – let's start with highlights first. And, and yeah. I guess when I define highlights, for me, I'm talking about sort of reaffirming things that you sort of suspected but weren't quite sure and this sort of confirmed for you and filled the picture in a little bit more. So I think for me, the, the, the reaffirmation of some of the things I've known was the, um, the respondents, uh, 90% of them identified as male. And, you know, we know that there's a, a lot of men in this space and we're all trying to get more women in this space as well. But that just sort of shows that we have a lot of opportunity to, um, you know, speak to more women in NFTs and educate them on what it's all about, um, whether they're a collector or an artist. And then another thing that I thought was really cool was the uh, Top Shot. So bear in mind that, of course, this is a little biased because I started in Top Shot. Therefore, probably most of my Twitter followers are from Top Shot. So we're going to see a little bit of you know Top Shot oversaturation in this, in this survey, in my opinion. But according to the survey, 78% of the active NFT buyers we surveyed first got involved in the NFTs through Top Shot. And that is huge. I was lucky enough to have Roham, Dapper, and Flo retweet that. And I was embarrassed because your girl is not a graphic designer and the infographics no, it looks are good. like... It look, it, the, uh, the top shot graphic <laughs> looks sharp. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, man. I mean, my canvas skills are, you know, like emerging. But yes, um, yeah. anyway, You use like rubric language <laughs> as an educator to describe where you are on that, on that yes. sort of trajectory. Very nice. 
Yeah. So what I love to see that because, you know, it just shows the, the power that Top Shot has, you know, in NFTs. Can I be honest and say I was shocked it was so low? I honestly oh, would have okay. expected it to be 85, 90% because I always start each episode with the same sort of question with the exception of Jacob Eisenberg, because I kind of know how he got into, mm-hmm. to, you know, NFTs. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I would say that like maybe everyone but one or two um, has said Top Shot. The funniest person that didn't say Top Shot was Alxo, who I talked to a couple of days ago, and it was CryptoKitties oh, okay. for him. That's what got him right. in. Right. I think Jennifer Sudo right. was another one where Top Shot was, I think it was CryptoKitties for her too. So no, yeah. I was actually, I was shocked that it was that low. I would have expected it to be 85, 90%. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely all in our little uh, niche bubble, meaning, you know, I'm someone that got it through NFTs, through Top Shot, and now I'm like a total like degen in all these different NFTs. There are a lot of people, um, well, kind of, this kind of goes into the next question, there are a lot of people that owned crypto and were deep into, you know, just cryptocurrency in general before getting into NFTs. And that question showed that um, so 67% of people surveyed already owned some kind of crypto before getting involved with NFTs. So before they, you know, bought ETH to, you know, buy their first NFT, um, they already owned like Bitcoin or something else, right? I didn't because I always uh, thought that I was in the I was in really? the no category for this as well. Yeah, I always thought that crypto was like I don't know. I just I guess I just didn't take the time to understand it fully. Did, did and you so think I think it was like sort of like Lambo. I'm gonna ten yeah. x bro. Like I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like it, like I always sort of equated it to like I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, it's sort of the same here, but it was also just like. You know, you hear about these just like Bitcoin millionaires and like buying Bitcoin with a pizza. And like, I just never really entered my psyche until I got into Top Shop. Yeah. Yeah. I, and um, I think the sort of like shadow side of that question is that building fiat on ramps to NFT projects like a Top Shop where you can use your debit card or credit card. Um like yeah. that that's huge, right? Because it eliminates that barrier. And I also think it sort of reaffirms my belief that crypto is a barrier to entry for a lot of people getting into the space or who want to get into the space because uh, it's not, if you're not crypto savvy, like I'm, I was a crypto noob when I started with NFTs, I was blockchain savvy. I knew a lot about blockchain technology, but I knew very little about crypto. Uh, mm-hmm. In actuality, I kind of resented crypto because I feel like everyone would be really reductive when I would talk about blockchain. They would just sort of Oh, you mean Bitcoin? No, I mean blockchain. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I, I think it's uh, just sort of illustrates that the crypto, it, it's not easy to get set up into crypto if you're not familiar with crypto. Like it's clunky and MetaMask, while pretty intuitive once you get used to using it, like going through like a exchange and getting crypto is not something that is super easy to understand or or do. Yeah, I mean, setting up a wallet, you know, while some could say, oh, it's easy. The first time I did it, it felt very strange. Um, and that's why I- I'm totally with you. I think to having Top Shot, um, you know, be in, in USD and, and fiat, it it really got me involved. I probably never would have gotten into NFTs if it weren't for that. So, um, you know, it's definitely true that setting up a wallet could be a lot easier. Um, it just feels 
fake or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, about I, I agree. Experience. I mean, like, I'll be honest. The first time I, I set up a wallet, I didn't realize that assets were in the wallet. I thought just my money was in the wallet because like when you use yep. a, a wallet in, in, you know, IRL and you're going to the store, you know, you don't put your chicken soup that you bought at the grocery store in your wallet. It's like <laughs> right. not the way it works. So I think there's a lot to learn. And that was sort of where the origin for NFT came from. It was like, maybe I can help people sort of ease into the space and answer some questions and tackle some concepts that maybe they're not, you know, familiar with. And maybe it'll encourage, um, you know, uh, you know, getting more people in the space. I do want to stay on the gender item for a second, though. 89.7%, um, nearly 500 of the 551 who answered being men, I wouldn't say that I was surprised by that, but um, I, I'm, I'm stuck in thinking about how do we make this space more inclusive and not just by gender, but by race and ethnicity. Like, I, I, do you have any thoughts on how, like, it's not about making the space less man, probably as much making it more women and more non-binary and more other. Like, I, I don't know. I, um, I don't know. I, any thoughts on this? I would say I think a lot of people in the space, you know, have have a lot of following um, and a lot of influence, right? I would say, you know, I know that we're all, you know, kind of going like minute to minute, seeing what's out there. Uh, I would say make sure that you're, you know, um, putting some extra effort into, you know, follow artists of color, uh, to follow women in the space, uh, and to, you know, amplify what they're making or what they're creating, right? Um, just because, you know, if we have 90% of men in the space, it just means that, um, you know, 50% of the population is women, right? So it just means that we're missing like a huge chunk there uh, to, to address. And also just the more women that get involved, the bigger the space is for everybody. Um, and that goes for people of color as well. So, uh, definitely make sure to invest in them, um, you know, by, by their work and amplify, you know, their message and, and the artists. Yeah. I, um, I wouldn't say the numbers were shocking. Uh, I mean, Vivek said it really well in this. I don't know how many months ago this was, this is right when I first started got on to NFT Twitter. So maybe in March or something. And he said, anytime, uh, you know, a space requires free time and, you know, just like extra money, you can expect it to be very male and very white. And I thought that was a very sure. like good way of putting it, you know? Um, yep. But yeah, I, I, I think that there are, I, what I like to see is that there are female voices, there are women voices that are are loud and are speaking up and are doing a lot of amazing work. Um, and I do think that like, I, you know, there's a lot of sort of prevalence in the Top Shot space. And I I would say like the addition of the WNBA, I think is actually going to be huge for getting more women into the space because Top Shot is such an easy on-ramp. And there are so many WNBA fans that I think will just jump in to this once they find out about it because it's super cool. So Hopefully we'll see For that sure. start to change and start to equal out a little bit. Um, can you talk about one item in particular or two items in particular off the survey that you were not expecting the result you got? You know, you were kind of shocked by what you saw. Um, yeah. So for me, I think when I talked about the number of Discord servers that people people are in, um, there, you know, we have a lot of Discord servers popping up up there every single day. When there's a new NFT project, uh, normally they make a Discord for it so that they can build a community around it and be communicative 
with the people uh, that um, own their art. So when I look at the survey and I see that, um, what is it, 78% are in 1 through 30, I think the funniest part to me is that's huge, but then you see a big drop off at 31 to 50 um, and like, then we see oh, another is crazy. Like thirty, and then we see another yeah. rise again at fifty-one plus. <laughs> and that's what I, I just like. People are like almost going all the way, you know, but they don't want to like totally degen out. And the fact that the I believe that Discord starts charging to go over fifty um, in over fifty servers at the same time. So wow. I thought that was pretty interesting. I don't know what I expected to see, but. I'm sure we'll see the 51 plus continue to go up. What's the official (laughs) corporate trash take on Discord? Like, what is your official statement that you would like to provide the NFT podcast on how you feel about Discord as a platform? I, you know, I, again, I don't come from gaming and I feel like, you know, Discord really in the beginning was meant for, you know, gamers. uh, And I love Discord because I really do feel like it strengthens the community and, it's just very tough because you have to kind of go into each one and see what's going on. That you have to get very creative with your notification settings, et cetera. So I do prefer Twitter. I'm sure you can see that. I, you know, try and be funny on Twitter, which is like TBD. But <laughs> I, uh, I like Twitter a little bit better. Um, I'm just, I'm just used to it, you know. But I'm trying to get deeper into Discord. Can we talk a little bit about the country breakdown for where yeah. the survey came from? You know, um, a majority coming from North America, the Philippines with a surprising amount of people who responded to the survey. I think there are 4% of the survey uh, respondents were from the Philippines. Um, North America, obviously huge prevalence in this. I mean, you could make some obvious sort of analysis around where wealth is and that that is a huge part of this. But anything that surprised you or anything that you're thinking about as a result of, you know, where the NFT communities are, are, are typically based of, at least the people who filled out your survey? I think I was personally surprised at how many countries are represented, uh, at least if, if, they're, if the data is accurate, right? I was pretty surprised that it went um, you know, to, to most of the continents. Um, and I was also happy to see that. But it, you know, it just kind of goes to show we see a lot in, in South America as well. Um, but you know, I think it goes to show that there's just a lot more than just North America, just the U.S. and Canada. And so there's opportunities for uh, artists globally to create new NFTs that appeal to a variety of people around the world. So it's just every day I try and just tell myself to like, just get out of my bubble. I know I'm like in a very small NFT bubble here, but there's so much more out there. And NFTs make that possible, you know, for people to use, you know, pretty much a worldwide currency to, to buy and sell them. And it gives people access to, to more of this throughout the world. Yeah, I, I think that being in the Middle East, um, this is relatively unheard of still here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking before we got rolling about this. And uh, yeah. it, it's surprising to me that there aren't more people who are collecting. I think I've met the only other UAE Top Shot collector. We had coffee <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Um, Canadian, also in education, he's a teacher and I'm a principal. So we were having a lot of fun, um, sort of meeting in real life and and getting to know each other. But like, um, you look at the map, um, a lot of Africa, not represented, um, the Middle East, not really represented other than my probably one vote in the UAE. Uh, and then, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm just looking at that going, there's a huge opportunity for the market to, like you said, to spread to these places. 
But then I'm also trying to think about like sort of the inverse of this question, which is like, I'd be curious to know where creators are coming from. Like what, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. we're talking about active buyers, but like, I'd be curious to where, I, I, I wonder if this map looks significantly differently uh, in comparison to where the buyers are. I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I think it would be great to have surveys for like one for artists and one for buyers and then dig deeper into more of like buyer behavior. Like what types of NFTs do you buy? You know, stuff like that, that, you know, dig a little deeper. Um, and then on the artist side to, to learn more around, you know, what kind of um, art that they make and, you know, who they want to sell it to and, and all that stuff. So I think there's a lot more to be found. This is me just like attempting to hit the tip of the iceberg and, um, you know, kind of kick off some of, some of this, uh, I guess you could call it research. Was this the first survey that you've done? Um, you know, I think in my career, I've done surveys before. Um, I try and, you know, do best practices. Um, but it was kind of the, one of the biggest, bigger surveys I've done before. Yeah. Okay. And one of the least surprising, uh, parts of the survey to me was that less than 50% of active NFT buyers are married. I would wonder <laughs> what the divorce percentage is for those who are active <laughs> NFT buyers as well, because, you know, it's funny, like, uh, Ouch. my, my wife gets it enough, right? She knows I'm really into it and we talk about it and she'll ask about the apes and she knows what's going on. She's she's with it. Um, my seven-year-old son has made art. So I think that's kind of gotten her more interested. But yeah, I it if you're in this space and I don't know how you define active, you have to remind me what, what, like, what you defined that as. Was it buy it something in the last 30 days? That's correct. Okay. Yep. So, you know... I, I, I think like if, if you're saying hyperactive, like you're, you know, you're people that are constantly day trading and flipping, I bet that that number goes way down because it's a full-time commitment to stay on top I of agree. these projects, like, and to, to be on it and go, Oh God, the floor is rising. Like, and I think this is where predominantly that North American bias comes through because drops never happen in good times for people in Asia. They mm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. top shot drops are 2 AM or 1 AM. The WNBA drop was at midnight and I was on with Jacob at the time and it was so happy that it was so early. Uh, <laughs> I was still awake when <laughs> that, it happened. That is tough for sure. So I do wonder how much of it is is that as well. Like, you know, as it becomes more globalized, um, you'll see some of these these drop times. Maybe they'll always favor North America because that's where the majority of the buyers are, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think the one thing I regret not asking outright is um, – is if, you know, how many children do you have? Um, I did household size, but that, you know, it varies in different situations, right? So, I mean, you could assume from the average of three that, you know, people live with somebody and have a child, but you don't really know. So yeah. I agree. I think it would be really fun actually to do a spouse, uh, spouses of NFT buyer oh survey. Oh gosh, that would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be rough though. I That'd will offer all of my SPSS skills to run high level stats on that data <laughs> if you need it, just because I think it would be a great episode to release that on too. I'm uh, not plugging NFT is the platform for that, but I think it would be really funny and really interesting. I agree though. I was surprised that the at the percentage married uh, as well. Um, yeah. Did you think it would be higher or do you think it would be lower? I thought it would be lower. Uh, at the yeah. same time, you know, I you know, I also have to take into account, you know, I've lived in LA for a long time. A lot of people, you know, don't really like get married here for a while. So it's sort of a different I guess lifestyle than most of the country. <laughs> so um I I got to remember that as well. Yeah, and and then if you look at the like the 
sort of graphic above, you have so about 49% of the active NFT buyers were married in the survey. And then when you look at age range, 40% of them are 25 to 34. And I would I think that speaks to your sort of like, well, you know, people are getting married older now instead of Yeah, younger. exactly. So mm-hmm. they might be more in that 35% bracket of 35 to 44 year olds. So uh I listen, we're right at a half hour. I could literally talk through this survey all night long. The researcher in me finds it really interesting. Uh, okay, let's talk next survey before we get done. What what do you have in mind? Is it spouses of NFT collectors? What's the next <laughs> frontier for you, Corporate Trash, uh, as we start to wrap this one up? You know, I think I learned a lot from from doing this, um, you know, good and bad. I've learned, you know, what I would you know, change or do next time. And I'm not sure. I think it's probably just the tip of the iceberg, though. The next one, I'm, I would want to try and get more statistically significant. The challenge is, is that that population size, it keeps growing. We have 200,000 OpenSea active users uh, a month now, and that's just OpenSea. So it's very difficult to piece all of them together and get the right population. Uh, but yeah, I, would, I, was, I really loved this, um, and I want to learn more about our community. I think everyone's curious, and not just us, but like, businesses they want to know this stuff right if they want to get deeper into nfts they want to know who who's buying these though who's making them um so yeah i'm excited about it you you raise an interesting point with that because part of the promise of disintermediation and anonymity is that you know you're not going to get their age demographics by their wallet address right like you're not going to know that no. so <laughs> no yeah, yeah there is a sort of blind spot right into who yeah you know, and let's say you're a corporate brand and you launch an NFT project and you want to know who your consumer is, not so easy. Um, you know, where if you're monetizing or doing advertising through YouTube or something, you can get sort of more of a clear picture on, on your demographics of, of who, you know, is Absolutely. clicking on this ad. So I think that's a really great point. Before we get done, I do want to talk about the section where you ask people to rank from one to four why you're actively involved in the NFT community. If we can just stay there for a second. Anything yeah. you thought uh, was shocking or surprising from that data? Because there was one of them for me that I, I was kind of surprised by. Well, you know what that in- infographic doesn't tell you is it was pretty close between uh, numbers one and two for the profit opportunity and the appreciation for the art collectible. So um, number one was the profit and then number two was the appreciation, but it was a close one. Yeah, we're talking uh, like less than 3% difference. Mm-hmm, so yeah, yeah, very close. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I think that that um, tracks for me. The third place was solidly, you know, being a part of the community. Um, I think this would probably be difficult to rank for a lot of people. You know, people are involved in the space for a lot of these reasons. Maybe not number four, the career aspirations in the NFT world. But yeah, the number, the first three, definitely. What surprised you about it? Um, it was the being part of a tight knit community. I I guess when you think about it, in compared to making money and collecting art, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be that surprising. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like fifty one percent of people all locking onto three means something. Similarly, I think seventy percent nearly locking on number four for career aspirations in the NFT world. I also was a bit surprised by as well. I I thought that would be higher because I feel like we're seeing a lot of, um, I just quit my job. I'm full-time in NFTs. And to be fair, right, I never know what the hell that means when someone says that. Like when someone says like, I'm full-time in NFTs, are they day trading? Are they like, I don't know. I've seen a lot of that lately. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised to see 
that be so high that people are, or I guess so low, I guess would be the better way to phrase it, that there, there aren't that many people that have career aspirations to be in the NFT world. I think if, if we're talking about, you know, career aspirations, in the NFT world, for me, again, this is why it's open to interp- interpretation. So maybe the, the poll needs to be improved for sure. But I think for me, it's like becoming either your own influencer in the space um, or it's working for a company that does NFTs. I would say that day trading is really more like the profit opportunity. But again, you could interpret it either way, you know, which is you know room for improvement for sure. Yep, um, it's been a total pleasure having you on. I am a huge fan. I remain a huge fan. I'm, a, I'm probably even a bigger fan than I was before the conversation started. I want to thank you for the work that you're doing. It's super important, and I think that let's get. 1000 respondents to the next one. Let's 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 double our our sample size and uh if you I am a qualitative researcher by trade, so if you ever need to go mix methods on this bad boy, I'm here to help you corporate trash. I love that. And I just want to say uh you can find the results of this um for free at corporatetrash.io. and you know, feel free to use however you'd like. Uh and then if I do also have the raw data for this available. So just DM me for uh, more details on that if you want to do your own analysis and correlation. We'll put all that information in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining. And uh, first conversation of many, I'm sure. Thank you, Corporate Trash, for joining us tonight. Thank you. Well, there you have it. I want to thank my special guest, Corporate Trash. I'm um, looking forward to sharing more surveys in the future uh, and, and having another guest appearance. I think it was uh, good learning for everyone. Uh, some other episodes coming this week, Crypto Poppy coming this week, another episode of Around the Metaverse with Adam Fish and Pack Reviewing, and also another Here for the Moments episode coming to you on Wednesday. So for now, it's Dr. Jeremy saying, see you later, take care of yourselves and each other.